Well, listen, we are in week two of our sermon series, Matthew 7. So we, we, uh, we came up with just a very um, simple way to tell you what we're studying. Uh, this month we're going through verse by verse uh, through Matthew 7. And it's important that, that we do this. You know, a lot of times, sometimes we cherry pick scriptures. Have you ever done that before? You're like, what's happening in my life? I'm going to go grab this one. And that's it. And then we forget to read the context before and after the scripture. So what's important is we are going through this series called Matthew 7. Last week we looked at Matthew 7, uh, 1 to 6. It talked about the plank. Was anybody here with the plank? I had a plank in my eye, right? And uh, so make sure if you weren't here, go back and watch that. It's on the website. And really, this, if you haven't studied Matthew 5, 6, and 7, I, I encourage you, go home and read it. It's awesome. It's this amazing sermon that Jesus gathers these people. All these people are following Jesus around. And he's like, okay, here's my moment. I'm going to preach <laughs> to everybody, right? Here's, here's, my, here's my moment. So they all gather up um, on the side of this hillside, this mountain, and... He preaches this incredible sermon. He talks about all sorts of things. Money, prayer, divorce, murder, all of these things. So he gives us a lot of that. And now that we're into Matthew 7, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about this. these three words called ask, seek, knock. You ready for it? You know, I remember when I was 14 years old, and you've all heard me talk about this camp that, that I went to as a kid. I also uh, served there as staff growing up. And I, uh, it, was, it was a great camp, but it was a nonprofit, kind of like a church or kind of like a ministry that you've probably been part of before. And what was amazing about this nonprofit is they had horses. It was a ranch. So kids would go there in the summer. They'd learn how to canoe, horseback ride, all these great things. Well, they were raising money, so I'm like, I want to get in on raising the money because guess what you got if you were the person who raised the most money? You got a horse. And I may not look like a cowboy now, but back then, I had my boots on. I got my cowboy hat. I had all the, I had all the good, goodies. So I was like, I get a free horse if I raise a bunch of money. So guess what I did? In my neighborhood, I, w I, I used to deliver papers at like six in the morning before school when I was when I was fourteen, and that sounds easy here in Florida, right? But when there's three feet of snow on the ground and the paper has to get there, it's a lot of work for like three dollars a week. Okay, that's a lot. So guess what I did? Every day after school, I would go and I would knock on everybody's door. And I say, listen, I'm raising money. We're doing a bike-a-thon. I'm biking like 15 miles. It's going to be awesome. It's going to go to a nonprofit. And so I would knock on the door. And guess what? Sometimes people would come out, and they would give me money to go on a bike ride. It's pretty awesome, right? Some people, they would say, I don't want any, and they'd slam the door in my face. Some people, you could tell that they were there, and they're like, shh, don't tell us. Get down. Get down. There's... The paper boy's here asking for money. He looks really weird. And they would, like, just stay. They, no one would come to the door. And you could hear the kids, Mom, it's our neighbor. 
Like, shh. But guess what? I raised a, a bunch of money. $900. $900 in 1999 is a lot of money, right? That's a lot, that's a lot of money. And so I went, it was the day of the bike-a-thon, I went to the camp, and I turned in my money, I'm like, oh, I'm winning a horse, it's going to be awesome. I don't know where I'm going to put a horse, I lived in the city. <laughs> but 14-year-olds don't think through those ideas, right? They're just like, I'm getting a horse. So near the end, they're like, okay, they're going through the thing, this is who raised this. I was $80 short from the person in front of me. I was so sad. But guess what? I did something great. I went, I knocked on some doors. I seeked it out. I asked people. And I believe that so much more so, this message today is about a similar thing. So let's read this. Let's take a look at this. If you want, you can read along with me or just kind of listen and watch. But this is the, the piece of scripture that we're going to read today. And think about your life. Think about what you're doing. Think about this scripture as we read it today. Ask and it will be given to you. That's pretty awesome, right? Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything... Do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up all the law and the prophets. Let's pray together. And maybe there's a light setting that would stop flickering lights up here. I'm not sure what's going on. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Lord, I pray that you would, you would uh, let us hear your word today. Lord, that we would not just hear it. We would apply it in our prayer life, in our walk, in our daily walk. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 So, today, we're just going to go through these three words. So, if you have a way to take notes, uh, we're going to write down the first word, ask. Ask. Asking questions is something that we do all the time, right? Anybody ask questions? My wife would say I ask too many questions, right? She does. We ask questions all the time. If you have children at home, they ask questions all the time. Emma's here on the front row. She asks questions until we say yes. We'll say no. No, we've already answered that question. Before, like up until Emma was five, and I guess we forgot to keep doing it, we would say asked and answered. <laughs> Any parents ever do that? It was probably, No. It was in a book, I'm sure. You know, my grandmother, I asked so many questions that my grandmother called me the quiz master. <laughs> That's what she asked me. She's like, why are there so many questions? That's how I learn. I learn by asking questions, right? Any teachers in the room, right? We, we hopefully, we compel our, our students to ask questions, right? You won't know the answer unless you ask some questions, right? It's good to ask questions. 
And Jesus is promoting this idea of asking. You know, we, what, what's the term, what's the saying? We ask, we have not because we have not, right? Right? You know, my brother and I, um, my brother and I, uh, we would, we would try to, like, it was like a game growing up. We would go to a restaurant and we would ask for free stuff. And guess what? Randomly, we would get, it's just that one light. Sorry, everybody. Just don't unplug all of it. There's one light flickering in my peripheral there. Um, but we, we would ask these questions. We're like, hey, can, how much are your free ice creams? And they're like, $2. <laughs> so let's look at this scripture again. Just this is one line, it won't be on the screen, but it says, Ask and it will be given to you. You know, Jesus is setting us up for something really big here, and it's pretty awesome. Ask and it will be given to you. You're like, Well, wait, is he saying anything? Is he, is he saying that if I ask anything, it will be given to you? We're going to answer that here in a minute. Look at what Philippians 4 6 says. Do not be anxious about anything. Now, I know a lot of us, especially in the moment that we are in, we're a little bit anxious, aren't we? Right? We're anxious a little bit. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer. Everybody say prayer. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. Remember, Jesus just said in the scripture that we're studying, for everyone who asks, receives. You know, prayer is, make, is asking and making our requests known to God. Receiving is the reward of asking. If you don't ask, how will you receive? Right? So think about that for a minute. What are some of the prayers that you've had this week or you've had this month or this year? You know, we all hopefully have prayers. We're all asking God for something. Maybe we're, maybe we're praying about things like, God, save my children. Keep my children safe. And we, we're asking God these things. Lord, give me freedom in this area of my life, this addiction that I have. Lord, help me to treat people like you would have me treat people. We're all, we all have requests, we all have questions that we're asking for, things we're asking God for, right? If not, we should start writing some stuff down today, like, God, will you do this? Will you do that? So the big question today that I want to pose for this part is, what questions is, because right here, God has a, Jesus has a promise for us. When you ask, you receive. It's that simple, right? So what are the things? Is it like anything like, Jesus, can I have a Lamborghini? Lord, can I have that, that $6 million mansion that's been for sale in Frostproof for ever since I've lived in this area? Anybody know who owns that place? Like, hey, just donate it. We'll, we'll use it up. Those are not the things that he's talking about here. He is talking about if you ask according to this... Right? Jesus doesn't work the way we do. 
he doesn't see things the way we do. Like, oh, that's a really nice looking vehicle. He wants us to be safe. He wants us to, to be able to take care of our family and travel. But he doesn't care what vehicle you drive. As long as it helps your family out. I drive a gold minivan. And recently, about a year ago, uh, some students from a youth group, I can't say in this place, had a basketball net set up outside of a church I can't name right now. And a wind came. And the basketball net landed on my hood. <clears throat> Caleb, <coughs> excuse me. Oh. <laughs> but it didn't really bother me too much. But here's, here's in 1 John, it's going to tell us what we should be asking for. Okay, let's look at this. Let's look at this. 1 John 5, 14 says, this is the confidence. Has ever, anybody ever had confidence? Jesus, he wants us to have confidence. Look, we have in approaching God. We should be confident. We're his children, right? We should not be scared to go to God and ask some questions. To make our request known to him. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his what? Will. That's the key word. Everybody leaves that part out. I'm just going to cherry pick this part. If we ask anything, we'll have it. Not true. I've asked, when I was a kid, I asked for all sorts of stuff I didn't get. Lamborghini being one of them. Remember in the 90s, I don't know about any 90s kids, right? Shannon Benton, I don't know. Uh, Chris Balance. Have you guys ever asked for that? Remember back in the day, everybody had the Lamborghini Countach on their wall? That's what we had in Canada. It was the, is this, no, okay. Just, just us then. I never got it. Don't have it. It says here that if we ask anything according to his will, so here's the question. What is God's will for my life? It's found right here. You're like, I don't know what God's will is. It's right here. Look, we're going to get even closer here. He hears us. Isn't it amazing that the God of all of creation hears his people? And that we can be confident in going to him. He's saying, ask. Ask all day long. Ask according to my will. And guess what? It will be done for you. I think a lot of times we forget the most essential thing to do when we're praying is to ask. Right? Let's keep going. Verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we will have what we ask of him. Pretty awesome, isn't it? So there's some faith in there. There's some action. we gotta, we got to go before the Lord with confidence and say, Lord, heal me from this. Lord, I'm asking by your will. Lord, you said that you want everyone to have freedom. Lord, give me freedom in this area. Amen? If we ask according to his will, it will be taken care of. Isn't that awesome? Amen. You know, I think a lot of times, too, we, we, we say, well, we just want to ask whatever, and, 
And a lot, of, a lot of people, a lot of churches use these types of scriptures out of context. Right? It's like their get rich scheme. <laughs> quick, their get rich quick scheme. Right? They're just like, oh, I'm just going to ask for some money. You know? It's like this prosperity type of deal. Listen, I believe that God wants us to be prosperous, but that has nothing to do with the world's standards of prosperity. Right? We have to be careful not to allow ourselves to say, well, culturally, this is prosperity. Well, in God's kingdom, it's a totally different thing. I'm not saying don't have a nice car. Do, do your thing. Do you, boo-boo, right? But listen, if Emma asked for it, listen, and, and we got to remember when we ask, God's like, I know what's best for you. You know that God knows what's best for you and your family? He knows what's best. I've tried to like, to like manhandle my life and try to go and do what, what I think I should do. And God's like, no, 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 you're going this way. <laughs> you went the wrong way. And there's a dead end right there. You got to do a U-turn and go back. Listen, if Emma asked for candy for breakfast, listen, I know better, sorry, I know better than her right now. She's 10, I'm 35. Listen, I'm not going to give her candy for breakfast. Right? Same with God. He knows what's best for us. And so when we ask according to his will, all we're doing is matching our heart up with his. God is already on the tracks. We're like trying to get on that train, right? So we're asking. We're like, okay, it's moving quick. We better jump on. And a lot of times it's because there's these things called, it's like good, better, best. I think Christians, we're, we're kind of settling for good. Like, oh, I'm good. God's like, no, no, I've got the best for you. I've got the best for your family, for your kids. Ask according to my will. I don't want you to live in good any longer. I want you to live in best because you'll be stronger. Amen? So next part here. Three things Jesus wants us to do in our prayer life. Number one, ask Number two, seek. Everybody say seek. That sounds good. Listen, this is an action to look around, to find an answer. You know, prayer is so important that Jesus talks about it a few times just in this sermon alone. Right? Imagine being there. You're sitting, you're, and Jesus is speaking directly to you about everything. And then he comes back to prayer again. So you're probably going to think, oh, he's already, he's talked about this twice. This is important. Jesus is calling us to seek answers, to seek his truth. You know what is hard about seeking? It takes some work, right? This is one of those things where we, we have to work at it. We got we to gotta make an appointment. We have to take some time. We have to read if we're going to seek some answers, if we're going to know God's will so we can pray God's will. It's getting together with other people from church. Remember what Jesus said in what we're reading here. He says, seek and you will. The one who seeks finds. Now, I heard a story on Facebook about someone losing their keys a couple weeks ago. <laughs> it's not fun. I, she might be on the front row. <laughs> It's not fun to lose something, is it? But guess what? If you never get out there and look for it, you're not going to find it. 
listen, men, we are the worst at looking for stuff in the fridge, okay? <laughs> Tara's like, amen to me over there. Tara's like, it's right in there. I'm like, I looked. She's like, you didn't look hard enough. Any guys with me on that one? Listen, we go over there, open the fridge, like, I don't see it. And we close the door. And then our wife comes over, and she's like, it's right here. I can't believe they still love us after all that. Listen, that's how Christians are a lot of times. You're like, oh, I looked. You prayed for like two and a half seconds. You read, you read one verse. What are you seeking? You're just seeking like a little bit of a, some good. You're not seeking best. Right? Prayer is like seeking in that we search after God, his word, his will. And he who seeks finds. Finding is a reward for seeking. Isn't that awesome? This is a promise. Jesus isn't just kind of, Jesus doesn't just say fluffy stuff. For people to be like, oh, that's cool, I like that. I'll quote that on Facebook. No, no. Everything that he says is true. And this here is a promise. If you're seeking, you'll have it. If you want the answer, I'll give it to you. Some of us are kind of waiting around or complaining that we don't hear or, or understand or God's speaking but have we even started seeking? That's why men can't find stuff in the fridge. Okay, Matthew and the other guys who actually like have a clue, unlike me, were like, what do you mean you can't find, what's wrong with you, Pastor Landon? Let's look here at Matthew 6. This is just a chapter before, and this is what, Jesus is saying about seeking. Look, seek first. It says this, Matthew 6, 31. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Once again, Jesus is saying, what are, what are we worrying about? What shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans, listen, Jesus is like, the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. God knows what we need. He knows more about what we need than we know for herself. Just like I know what Emma should have for breakfast more than what she gets up and she'll have ice cream. I'll come out and she'll have a bag of cookies out there. <laughs> it says here, Jesus says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. He tells us what to look for. He's like, you're seeking this? He said, no, no. He tells us what the basis, what the foundation of our seeking should be. What is it? His kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these things will be given to you. Is that everything in the world will be given to you? You get that new uh, whatever vehicle you wanted? No. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Listen, Jesus is saying, just seek me, my righteousness, my kingdom. Put that at the base of the foundation of what you're doing, and you will find it, and you will receive it. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Next part. Last one. Three things Jesus wants us to do in our prayer life is ask, seek, and everybody say knock. Prayer is like knocking until the door is opened. You know, listen, there's, there's going to be some times when you're praying, when you're knocking, like, God, why isn't this door opening? Hey, keep on knocking. God wants us to be persistent. He said, Jesus says, in the, in the scripture that we're reading today, he says, knock and the door will be open to you. That means we got to get out there and knock, spiritually, on some doors. Remember when I was 14, I'm out there knocking, raising money. I'd knock on every door in my neighborhood. I didn't care. I'd knock on there twice. Hey, did you have a chance yet to get in on this amazing bike-a-thon fundraiser? Yes, you've come here three times. All right, just checking. This promise comes by taking action. You know, when I was a kid, it was normal to knock on the, on the neighbor's door. Everybody remember that time back in the day? Right? Now when you go knock on a neighbor's door, they look at you like, okay, why are you here? Should I get my gun? What do you want? That's usually the first question. When I was a kid, you'd walk over to the neighbor and you'd be like, hey, can Johnny come play? We're going out there till dark. Is that cool? Sure. See you guys later. Don't die. Right? When I was a kid, that's what we did. We'd be gone all day long. Don't die. Don't, you know, don't. My dad's biggest line was don't poke your eye out. Right? <laughs> that's what it was. Don't poke your eye out. Come home for supper. Or you go, on the, you go to the neighbor's house and you'd ask for some sugar, right? Hey, my mom's making stuff. She needs a cup of sugar. Is that cool? Like, sure. Nowadays, that's totally different, isn't it? So we, when we think of knocking on a door, we're like, uh, that's scary. I don't know if I want it. Listen, God is not like some of the neighbors around your place. He's not waiting with a gun for you. Right? He's waiting there to say, yes, let's open this door. Right? Because it said, when you knock, the door will be open to you. Amen? This door is not going to be slammed. And I love this story, and we're going to end with this. If Tara wants to come, we're going to end with this. God is saying, knocking, knocking is an action, right? It's something we're going to do. Right? Salvation's free. We didn't have to earn or deserve anything that happened at the cross. But God's like, listen, it's time to be persistent. Knock on the door. You look at this scripture in Luke. It talks about this woman. Look, verse, uh, chapter 18, verse 1 to 8. It says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable. To show them that they should always pray and not give up. That they should always knock and not give up. He said, a certain, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about people. 
about what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time, he refused. If you're looking for it, it's in Luke 18, 1 to 8. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, right? Come on. I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God, right, who is way better than this unjust judge, who is not bothered by us, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, he asks a question here. Will he find faith on the earth? Will he find people that say, I want to ask, I want to seek, I want to knock? Will I find some people like that at New Hope? Will I find some people like that in Frostproof and in Polk County? You know, in Revelation, John wrote out Christ's letters to the churches. And if you see there in, in, in chapter 3 of Revelation, it's pretty important. The particular scripture is being written to a church. A lot of us kind of take this out of context, like, oh, this is for the unsaved people. This is to a church in Laodicea. The scripture is used a lot to maybe invite non-believers, but the last scripture I'm going to read today in context is to a church. I'm going to take it for our church today. This church had neglected their relationship with God. I think sometimes we neglect our relationship with God. They were out of touch with him. They were okay with their self-sufficiency and their worldliness. And I think a lot of times, even the church in America, we were so comfortable that we get self-sufficient. We take good over his best. And Jesus is like, no, no, I want you to have the best. Look, Revelations 3, and I'm going to close with this. If we want to stand for this last scripture today, Revelation 3, 19 to 22. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. Look what he's doing. What's he doing? He's standing at the door and knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. When he says eat here, one, he's talking about he'll commune with us, but also that we'll get to eat with him someday at that supper in heaven for the believers. Christ calls us his bride groom, right? His bride. And we'll eat there with him. Verse 21 says, to the one who is victorious, 
I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. Listen, Jesus' invitation is saying he might be on the outside of your life. And he's like, hey, it's time. Christian, let me in. You've been doing it on your own. It's not working right. It's not coming out so good. If you let me in, I will come in and I'll take over. And when you ask, you will receive. And when you seek, you'll find. And when you knock, the door will be opened. Can we pray together today? If that's you today, say, you know what? I want to open that door. Would you just raise your hand? I want, I want that door to be wide open all the time. Come on, that should be most of us. <laughs> I want that door to be opened all the time. Lord, I just pray right now that we would answer your call, that we would open that door, we'd leave it wide open until you come back, that we can be together on that day, on that great day in heaven with you. Lord, let us ask according to your will and we'll receive it. Let us seek according to what you want us to seek after. That's truth and righteousness in your kingdom. Lord, let us be people who knock and be a persistent knocker. <laughs> and Lord, because we know that when we knock, you will open the door. In Jesus' name. And the church said, come on.